New clubs, takeovers, and all of a sudden, everyone is looking at the League of Ireland. Oh, and Robbie Keane. Yeah, he's managing in Israel. What the... The fella in the green and white short. The fella in the green and white short. Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland in a week where Mayo FC have stepped up into the League of Ireland. Drogheda United are closing on some major investment from the US and Stephen Kenny had a rough week over the international break. My name is Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com and well actually just before we start Nathan I want to talk to the listener for a second because we want to expand the League of Ireland side of the big kickoff and we're on the lookout for those who are interested in writing about the League of Ireland or those who are interested in playing their part in the podcast. So if you feel that you can write, that you can write about the League of Ireland, maybe it's just your club, maybe it's the, the league in, in, in all its entirety and maybe it's Irish football. If you feel that you're comfortable and a, a knowledgeable talker and you want to come on to the podcast for the very same reasons, maybe it's just on your club, maybe it's just in your area, but maybe it's uh, Irish football in total, then email us. The Big Kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com or DM either of us or any of the Big Kickoff social media, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever else is out there. Nathan, uh, give you a shout. What do you want to say about that? Because we really, we really want to make this a, a bigger yeah. thing. And we've, we've got regular listeners who are delighted to have. Uh, we want to expand that and, you know, make this uh, something a little bit bigger. Well, first of all, you don't even have to be that knowledgeable. I get away with more. I've been on here for a couple of years. Just had to be a talker, I suppose. Not even a government. Just just have an active mic and half decent Wi-Fi. Uh, but now, in all seriousness, like the, anyone like listening in, and we we absolutely love it, right? Don't we? We love the engagement. We love the, the regular, regular or non-regular. Just if anyone wants to pop in and give give us a listen, we love that so so much. Whether that be on Spotify, on Livy Sound FM, whatever it may be, it's deadly. But you might have noticed that we probably not like lack of I can say is that uh, we've been lacking a bit in terms of consistency haven't we over the past couple of weeks and just you know it's an independent podcast it's a two two man team so if we can get you know we have one or two people passionate people on board that want to promote the league and love the league the way that me myself and Roy do that would, would help absolutely tenfold and it, it would really help grow what we're trying to do here to big kickoff and keep that consistency coming you know keep keep the like the YouTube going again keep the articles coming on to us because that's that's the end goal here, Roy, isn't it? For for both of us, you know, it's making money and getting an office and stuff like that. It's always done you know, with a big dream as the way we are, but it's promoting the league that we love. That's that's goal number one, and it's been goal number one since day one. So if anyone's out there listening wants to share that goal and and, and come on that journey with us, we'd be absolutely honoured to have them. Absolutely, and. Not only do we want to get bigger, Nathan, but the League of Ireland wants to get bigger. And you can see that oh, now yeah. with Shelbourne and the whole the whole connection. And now, Nathan, not Drogheda, Drogheda United, all yeah. of a sudden from being part-time, kind of little bit of a shabby stadium, that can all change now with the investment they could be getting from the US. Yeah, isn't it funny now? We're looking at the League of Ireland, how much of a hotbed it's becoming for wealthy owners to to build up that multi-club uh, portfolio. And look, it has a pros and its cons. We talked about that a lot in terms of, especially with the the Shelbourne and Hull City connection. And we'll continue to talk about it. But 
it's the investment that the clubs are desperately need. And as you said, uh, Drotter said to receive a significant investment from uh, Travella Group LLC, who are a US-based sports investment firm. Uh, and are the current owners of uh, Walsall over in England. So obviously joins in with the multi-club uh, system that they're looking to go in. Uh, we believe that club director uh, Connor Howie is the one that's leading the talks, and we've I've seen on the, the Irish Times or just a small little snippet of quotes from uh, interim chairwoman Joanna Bourne saying that they're in serious talks uh, with the investors. Uh, obviously, that'll have to come down to member approval. Draw to have currently two hundred members. They'll need to agree uh, on that by a majority vote at an emergency general meeting if the negotiations uh, go to plan the way they are at the moment. And Drotter is a club, isn't it, Roy, that we've talked about for a good while now. Uh, one of many that do need the investment, as you said, Weaver's Park, I think, are being nice and it's shabby. It's one, one of the, the most underrun grounds uh, in the league as a whole. I know we can talk about that they do need this major investment to really give it the refurbishment that they need, but... I think as well, they've lacked in a lot of ways in terms of basic cleanliness and, you know, a lick of paint. These things could have been done over the course of a couple of years, but this investment will be huge for a massive reforging of what it needs. The squad budget as well will improve tenfold. Like, you look at Kevin Doherty, the job he's done this season, while they are scrapping for relegation, and they were always going to be, it's really, really impressive. But again, the perils of short-term contracts and the perils of short-term loan deals especially have really come to buy Drotter in the arse. Now, uh, I did say, Nathan, that it was discussed about if they came in now and would there be investment in the team now. And it was denied that they would probably get the chance to do that this year uh, that they would be able to and I know there's a couple of players leaving and that they, they, they'd be able yeah. to cover those two yeah. players but other than that even if the investment comes in it's probably them coming in to have a look at the club have a look at the way it's run have a look at the way the league is run and uh, take it from there yeah it's all long term right, with these things isn't it but that is a shame that I didn't even see that it's a shame to hear because I was just going to say you have the likes of the young lad Freddie Draper going back uh, to Lincoln after he's, he's, long, he's a short term loan move like he's like after he came in the teenager has been brilliant for them um, he thinks he's a top goal scorer this season as well so they're really going to miss him as they, they try and push and keep themselves in the Premier Division uh, and so would, like, like as we all say the academy facilities as well are so important in this league there was talk a year or so ago of uh, a clubhouse coming to Drottada where they would have housed uh, Drottada United senior teams I think Drottada boys in the area as well that unfortunately that's just gone quiet but we don't know what's going on on the ground in Drottada so investment like this would be great to see because it'd get all those things up the part get the ground up the part give Kevin Drottada he's the manager uh, uh, an improved budget to work with as we, I'm sure we'll see with Damien Duff as well our Shelburne, and in turn, that will make sure that our Premier Division survival is long-lasting. Who knows, down the line, European football will be back in the cards and the fruit from this that comes with that. Yeah, but it really is. It's something that's been going on for a while now. We've been here, and I think, Roy, wasn't it, back to like August last year that uh, investment has been on the cards. So I'm sure everyone in Drogheda is absolutely delighted to hear some really substantial news coming out. And this is it's just good for the League of Ireland, it's good for Irish football, Nathan, because the biggest thing that we're lacking in this country is funding. And as much as the FAI are looking for funding, which will help with the infrastructure of all the clubs around, as, as much as they're looking for that, we still need 
more money being pumped into our infrastructure of the club. So it's not just the stadiums, but it's the training grounds and, you know, the pitches that the, the, the youth teams are playing on, etc., etc. The coaches being there, a strong force of coaches being able to bring our players on to another level. So there's a lot of money that is needed for us to be a successful league, for us to be a successful country, which we'll go on to a little bit later when we talk about Stephen Kenny in Ireland. It's 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 100% that they will probably vote this through because they've been seeking it and it looks like there's a lot of positivity around it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense or like any aspect for them not to vote it through. I, I I think as well, I think I think at a stage, not only in Ireland, but a lot of people, we hear a US investor, don't we? We've seen it a lot over in England as well, and a lot of people tend to get nervous. All draw to have to do was look across uh, that county, look at Dundalk and see the disaster that was peak six, but realistically, Drotta would not be able, be able to fund themselves in the Premier Division without this significant investment. As I said, Kevin Dottie's doing such a good job with him this year. that, like, you look at the relegation battle now in the Premier Division, UCD are pretty much gone. We had a great win against Sligo Rovers on Friday, but if you need a miracle to be able to catch up. So you have Drotta, you have Cork City, and you have uh, Sligo Rovers all down there battling for that nine position. So Drotta don't want to be you know, playing that yo-yo game over the long course, it's going to catch up with them, especially in the Premier Division, we have so many teams that are, are operating under a full-time system and have significant uh, investments, so they're going to need something like this to come in to really ensure that, that, that they are a regular in the top tier of Irish football. Yeah, now talking about Cork City, news has come out that uh, Mr Buckley is going to stay on with the team for the rest of the year. Nathan, we had this discussion when Colin Healy left and the discussion that we had was that I hope that this wouldn't happen. You kind of thought that it wouldn't happen, but it has happened. Yeah, it has happened. Uh, confirmed by the club. Actually today, which is always nice, uh, the day I'm going to record something. Uh, yeah, the current sport director, Liam Buckley, will stay on and held up, head up the current management team, which includes assistant uh, Richie Holland, uh, Liam Kearney, the likes of Declan Coleman's on that team as well. They'll be all there until the end of the season. Like you look now, boy, what eight games into uh into what's well, possible Liam Buckley's tenure now with Cork and four wins, four defeats, like a 50 50 split as you, as you can get. It's like it's probably the safe option, you know, having someone there now at Liam that you know that, that's in the club uh, since the start of May, as I said, fighting the relegation battle. I just thought that there was options out there, you know, like mentioned at the time, I thought Tim Clancy would have been the uh the front runner as risky maybe as that would have been. Um. I'm surprised though. I'm surprised he did go with, with Liam Buckley. I thought he would have allowed him to step back into his sporting director role and head up um, the recruitments. People put the question out there. Was Liam Buckley put into this position knowingly beforehand that this was going to happen? Like, was this made for him? Is, it, is this why Colin Healy had left? It doesn't make sense to bring someone down to do that sporting director job and then not bring in a manager like it's it's they're saying yeah. that there's there's no other manager out there that is better than Liam Buckley at the moment yeah I like, think we even speculated at the time Roy didn't we when Colin Healy left um, and when Colin did leave that was that's a really really big surprise at the stage of the season that he left that mm. so early on and the success that he had like it seemed like he was going to be given the reins to, to walk in magic and try and keep Cork uh, in the Premier Division this season and then when Liam Buckley came in and swiftly after Colin did leave as I said, I thought Colin would have actually learned 
a lot under the tree of Liam Buckley, someone that is a bona fide League of Ireland legend as a player and as a coach. Um, but yeah, there's, there is there's, there's a long list of people out there, uh, experienced coaches, young coaches. Like I thought, someone like Stephen Rice could have been uh, so a good young manager to bring into the league. I thought that as well when the Longford job came available. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely, definitely the, the, the safest status quo they could have gone with. But a really strange one, as you said, like from, from the word go. All we've been hearing is uh, Liam Buckley's the one heading up the recruit for a new manager. So yeah. you wonder, was that a him decision? Was that a Dermot Usher decision? It's a, it's a strange one. Strange one to see. Yeah. Um, and it's not look, and it's that we're saying that Liam isn't the the good option. Like he is. No, that, that's what he is a good say. option. As, as, a, as a Pat support, I'll always have that spot for Liam. You know, I'm not, not discrediting Liam Buckley at all. And I thought even when he did leave his last post at Sligo Rovers, I thought he was uh, he was a little bit hard done by in the end. Like, Liam has the chops. Like I said, Bonafide League of Ireland legend. Like, he knows the league more than any other working coach in, in the game at, at the minute. Uh, so he definitely has the the, uh, the know how how to keep Cork City in the league. I don't think Cork Cork similar to what Drotter are going through at the moment. They're probably suffering a bit. The likes of Mahili going out of his short term loan. They might need to bring that little bit of quality in uh, during the summer and keep hold of Rory Keaton, which is very very important at uh, keeping in this league. So yeah, not discrediting Liam as a manager at all. I just think he will need help to uh, to to cherry pick the right players that he can bring in during the summer. Because it's it's going to be tight down there, as I said. Uh, I think Drotter in a similar position. I would worry for Sligo Rovers. I think they're really, really lacking uh, in a lot of areas. Never replaced Aidan Keane. A lot of people know that. And the goals have just dried up on Max Matter as well, which is a major issue for them. As we've seen, beating against UCD on, on Friday was something that uh, they simply wouldn't have expected. And the recruitment in Sligo as well has, has been really really poor uh, and we season. mentioned that at the start of the se- season Nathan and then for all fairness they, they shoved it back down our, our necks with some really good results at the start of the season but it just seems now that the legs are getting a little bit heavy and, yeah. and maybe the squad is starting to feel it and it'll be interesting to see as you said now when it comes down to the final six, seven, eight games how they how, how they sit first of all and what they've got left in them like what we have, we have left me with 13 late games. 13, like, yeah. left, it's mad like it is, it's coming taken fast. But it's mad, like, think back to some of the comments. And I don't think we were as foolish to make them, but we've seen comments at the start of the season, didn't we? Oh, Max Matter will finish up a top goal scorer. He's gone on yeah. a joy spell at the moment. Bohemians will walk the league at the moment to down where you know, fourth, fifth, fourth, I think. Fourth, yeah, fourth, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean McRovers, you know, but the time that they they get themselves together and it might be too late to push a title charge. They just got a massive win last night against Derry City and it once again looked like they could they could romp home with the league, right? They, they look head and shoulders above anybody that I've seen a play against uh, this year. Well, obviously, I was watching the, the Pats game last night over the Shamrock Rovers and Derry game, but listening to, like I said, uh, Graham Gartland, they'd be really respectful that we had, had him in the show and his great knowledge for the game. He was saying something similar that like, it's mad. Like, it's, they really could look like that. They, they could win this league quite handily when you thought Derry City were going to be right up their throats and again they've gone off the boil a little bit too so it's um, I think so. a lot of the, lot of the way they lay the land at the start of the season has, has significantly changed and I know like the Sligo Rovers and all the, the clubs uh, that are down there with UCD none of them have the likes of European football but cup games come into play injury suspensions and the whole lot of them do look like they need um, a little shot in the arm whether that be someone coming into summer transfer window whether they even have the phones to do so is is the big big ask yeah absolutely now 
we'll be talking about Robbie Keane and his new job uh, Stephen Kenny's going to get a little mention in there as well and uh, obviously uh, League of Ireland teams have made well they've made Europe last year but they've they've made the draw <laughs> we're delighted they made the draw now they're in the draw but who's got who, <laughs> who's got who it's that time of year we get the butcher a lot of the names of <laughs> East well I get the butcher a lot of the names of East and European obscure teams around Europe yeah as I said I think all eyes it's, it's, it's going to be draw season everybody over the next couple I think every year we do this show from like June to July, it's like if it's not FEI Cup prelim draw, fourth round draw, European draw. So we're going to be talking about draws. So so buckle in. So we're going to be talking about this stuff for the next couple couple of weeks, a couple of months, hopefully anyway. Because uh, well, I hope we do because that means someone's at the going far uh, in the European competition. Uh, so yeah, look, we'll just start off quickly. We won't uh, fester too much because I'm going to try and get through some of these. And there's a couple of couple of clanners potential slip ups in here for me. So I've tried to put my teeth in now. Uh, so Shamrock Rovers in the Champions League fourth round qualification um, they played the winners of their preliminary rounds uh, obviously we don't know the opposition just yet we'll find out this coming Friday uh, the, the, the 30th so uh, I'll check back next week and we, we'll know the, the fate of Shamrock Rovers and so to be all looking in tender hooks in terms of booking flights uh, but what we do know for Shamrock Rovers is the future in European uh, competitions this year. So if they are successful and they do beat the winners of the uh, the prelim rounds, uh, they'll go on, it's actually a really tough draw, they'll face uh, Copenhagen in the second qualification round of the Champions League. And if they are unsuccessful, they'll drop down to the championship path in the Europa Conference League and face the losers between uh, K.I. Klasovic of Fair Royalance or the Royal Enemy Fringe Vargas of Hungary. Difficult draw, right? Isn't it? Difficult, difficult draw for Shamrock well, Rovers. Like, what I'm going to say there is, uh, do I think that Shamrock Rovers are a more improved outfit than they were last year? I don't think so. And that worries me about them being in any of the group stages. Yeah, like you, you look there, it's um, the Copenhagen won't be extremely difficult. And in, 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 uh, the only route you're probably looking at is the Fair Island side. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really really difficult. And you know what, Roy? Another team I put into that bracket is my own side. Uh, same path. So I think if you look at the squad and paper from last year, it's such a good European run you went on compared to this season. I think it is a, a weakened squad overall. Uh, same paths in the Europa Conference League first qualification round were drawn against uh, F91 did lunch in Luxembourg. There's the first one. And it's a side with decent, really well, modern, decent European pedigree. Uh, they made the Europa League group stages in 2018 and 2019. They got to the uh, the playoffs of the Europa Conference League uh, last season, but were knocked out by uh, Lech Poznan. I suppose the only shining light for Pats is that the league starts back in August, so they'd be only sort of tip, tipping their toe into uh, pre-season, but they finished toward last year. Uh, the only saving grace for Pats is if if they do get through this round and they get into the uh, second qualification round of the Double Conference League, they'd be facing, um, potentially could be facing, sorry, uh, Glenn Thorin up in Belfast, which could be a really, really tasty affair. Tasty. Uh, obviously, from, from a, from a St. Pat's point of view. Uh, flights are booked. Looking forward to it, right? Looking forward to heading over. <laughs> we know a little cheeky European game. Didn't have a summer holiday book this year, so I had to compromise and go to Luxembourg for a change. Good, 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 good. Um, and who else have we got? 
and just to round up here quickly, uh, Derry City in uh, the fourth qualification round of the Conference League have been drawn against uh, HB Toshavin again of the Fair Royalants. Um, and if they are successful, they'll go on to play uh, KUPS. A uh, quick about Toshavin that last year they got they were knocked out by Newtown of Wales uh, in the fourth qualification round of the Conference League. So winnable tie for Derry City on paper and then to finish off right, we have Dundalk again in the fourth qualification round of the Rebel Conference League we'll play FC Bruno's Magpies of Gibraltar uh, Gibraltar the Gibraltar side are fairly new to the European uh, status uh, European game they Fourth, they made a fourth appearance last year and were knocked out in the fourth qualification round of the Conference League by Crusaders so this is only their second ever European appearance as always we will be rooting for every uh, League of Ireland side to, to, to do well. Hopefully you have someone there that can go on and make make a name for themselves deep into the qualification round or perhaps even go into the group stages. I don't know, Roy, what are you thinking? Is there anybody there, any of them four sides are looking to pick out? Yeah, Shamrock Rovers haven't improved. Uh, as you said, St. Pat's are not as strong as they were. Um, when you look at, I suppose, Derry City are probably probably have the most favourable draw but these teams when you look at Shamrock Rovers and what they've done in the league to get back to where they were they really didn't do it because they were playing everyone off the park they've done it because all the other teams have been so inconsistent and that would be a worry for these teams in in the European adventures so I'm going to be a little bit pessimistic I don't hold out much hope in Europe this year and that's uh I want it and I'll be cheering on every team and I'll be watching as much as I possibly can but I just don't see it. Yeah, like just going through quickly I think Shamrock Rovers will really struggle in the Champions League. I think they get past the the, uh, the prelim rounds but coming up against Copenhagen right, that's going to be a huge, huge ask for them to get through that one. Uh, I agree, I think Derby City everyone has the best chance well, it's a nightmare in terms of travel going to the Fair Royalands and then the Finland so the fans will be happy with that one but uh, yeah they could potentially go on to the Fordis I think Pats will struggle against Luxembourg's uh, side as I said in recent years they've been in, in the group stages done uh, really well so going to be difficult I think it was last year year before Roy they knocked out Bohemians fairly comfortably yeah. as well in the Conference League so um, yeah again going to be difficult oh, sorry actually I forgot to mention for Dundalk uh, their future Pats in the second qualification round could be uh, KA of Iceland or uh, Conan's Keys uh, nomads, sorry, of Wales. So yeah, it could be yeah. a, a nice, uh, nice little journey of the Wales. But again, I think Dundalk have a favourable enough um, draw on paper. But I, I think they'll struggle to balance the 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 you know the the quality of League Cup and European football. So if I'm looking at any of the teams to go to Fordham, it probably would be Derry. But difficult to see anybody getting into the group stages. I hope I'm wrong. Up, I really, really hope I do. Yeah. Oh. Um. We may have a new team, Mayo FC. Well, we don't have them in the League of Ireland as such, but we do have them in the underage League of Ireland teams and they've been approved to uh, to do that. It's next year for the 2024 season, Nathan, is that correct? Yeah, man, yeah. Um, I jumped the gun a little bit. Yeah, I seen it uh, last night. It was sort of doing the rounds. I think I texted you this morning. Topic list is like, oh, man, Dale, we're going to have Mayo FC in the fourth division. Then I was doing the prep. I was like, ah, oh, Moyles are the 99 in the fourth division. Because team going to go straight. That was really smooth, wasn't it? The Kerry FC, they jump a lot of hoops. And then all of a sudden, it's just, oh, yeah, Mayo are in the fourth division next year. I was yeah. like, oh, that's great. Uh, but no, like, geez, not to be pessimistic about this at all. This is absolutely brilliant news. Uh, it was confirmed by the Mayo Football League that he were granted approval by the FEI for Mayo FC to join uh, the League of Ireland 
they'll go into the EA Sports League of Ireland Academy Leagues. So we'll have a Mayo FC um, men's under 14s, under 15s, and a women's under 17s team play from uh, 2024. It's looking that they do have a five year plan, though, uh, which will entail having the full complement of the academy sides uh, in the EA Sports Academy Leagues and having a men's and women's senior team looking at realistically 2026 at the earliest for to have a men's and women's senior team uh, in the League of Ireland, which is brilliant. Just a small little run through what we know. Uh, they have Michael English coming in as the head of academy, Joe Kelly as the uh, under-14 boys manager, uh, Raf Cotaro is coming in as the under-15s manager, and we'll have uh, James Johnson as the women's under-17 manager, uh, along with the 10-person boards on hands. They play their games in Moylebush in Castlebar, and... This is just always good stories to hear, Roy, isn't it? It's always great to see uh, it, it, for of improvement and for the team uh, entering the League of Ireland fold. I think if you just even look at Kerry's FC uh, this season as well, while it hasn't gone uh, their way in terms of results, it was never really going to, I don't think. Uh, the the way they're going about it is, is probably the way you'd see, like, like Mayo FC will do it, setting themselves up early in terms of underage, making sure that they have the best talent uh, in the in the county, that the young lads in the county have more opportunity. They have, you know, there's a pathway there now for them to go into League of Ireland football, whether that be kids. And you know what, as well, does, does uh, I wouldn't do it all the time, but I also wouldn't be turning my head away from possibly even retired GA players to have a, have a knack for football too. We could bring them into the fold one or two senior pros as well. Um, yeah, long may it last. And long, long may we see more, you know, whether that be full county teams like Carl, local Kenny, maybe even Tipperary coming into faults uh, down the line. This is always brilliant, brilliant, brilliant news. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think that they could, like I was thinking, Mayo or Kerry last year, where it was all talk about them going to the first division at this time last year, they had to put the process together. It was in September, I think, that where they got approved. So it's probably a little bit early for them to do it this year if they wanted to kind of rush things along. But you're saying 2026? Were you saying 26? 2025? They, they could yeah, very well change their mind. Yeah, it'd be great to see, wouldn't it? Once, as we, as we said the same about Kerry, and we'll say the same about any side coming in, once he can financially uh, keep himself afloat, uh, once there, it's not just going to be a quick into the league and quick drop out of the yeah. league. Obviously, we're in the, we're in the early days of Mayo FC. We're only hearing about the, uh, the underage system. We don't know much about, you know, just the concrete plans for senior teams in the men's and, and women's league. We don't know about investment and financial backing, but that law needs to be in place to, to, to make sure they're fully sustainable. But yeah, brilliant to see. And as well, we have, it's, it's very common knowledge. Anyone knows it's a big argument in the league that, a lot of clubs in Dublin. You look at uh, the Munster, Munster's try of now at the moment. The League of Ireland, a lot of clubs there. So to see another side pop up in the west or even the northwest of Ireland is brilliant to see. It's will bring competition to the likes of Galway, uh, United, and Sligo Rovers in terms of uh, academy competition. There's you know, Sligo and Galway will both be held up by local players, but also players from Mayo and Leitrim and stuff like that. So. Mm. It gives, but I'd look at it as a positive in terms. It gives the players more opportunities, more options to play at home. That's something that they want to do. Um, yeah, brilliant. All very, very positive for a change. Makes a nice change. Absolutely. Let's hope yeah. that develops and let's hope that turns into something that's a, a permanent fixture in the League of Ireland. Okay. Now, 
I was going to say someone who mightn't be a permanent fixture is Robbie Keane because we haven't a clue how Robbie Keane is as a manager and he's gone out well, he's gone well over his way isn't he to try and prove it Robbie's like regarded on the pitch as an absolute legend of Irish football uh, all time leading goal scorer and all that his PR has taken a battering hasn't it, over the past couple of years and especially with the relationship and the, the role in the FEI stuff like that I don't think a move to Israel probably be the best thing to uh, <laughs> to improve the PR on the face of things. Uh, but in fairness to Robbie, he's never afraid, is he? He's he's not one you can say that's always taking cushy uh, roles. He's always one for an adventure. And this is certainly one uh, Robbie Kane announced as the new uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv manager over in Israel. I think it's, it's, I've seen two places that one is on like a, a rolling 12-month contract but then other places are saying it's a two-year deal. Well, that's neither here nor there. As you said, we don't really know what he's, he's acumen as a manager. Um, started off over in India again. <laughs> Absolutely. You wouldn't know where Robbie's going to pop up with uh, ATK in India as a player manager. Then we've seen, obviously, in the more uh, standard assistant manager roles with the Republic of Ireland, Middlesbrough and uh, Leeds United's. As I said to you right before I jumped on here, I, I got the, the recording times mixed up, so I'm going to have a quick little Google. But can you think of any other coaches, managers, or even players that popped up in mental, well, just more, probably obscure would be the better word, more obscure uh, locations similar to what we're seeing Kane doing now? Well, just off the top of my head, obviously at the time, I think, remember Ronnie Whelan went out to Cyprus. Was it Cyprus he went to, or was it Greece? And that was kind of strange at the time because we never had anyone going out anywhere at that time so he, he actually went out and did, was it I'm, I'm thinking it's Larnica I might be wrong but anyhow he he went out that way Curtis Fleming from what I believe went to India and obviously yeah, I've never seen one, wasn't he? yeah I've never seen any of Curtis's games out there because we didn't get, don't get to watch much of the, the Indian league um, but they were kind of two ones there. I'm trying to think of, we've probably had some now out in Australia, but um, what obscure ones have you got? Well, uh, obviously Killian Sheridan came to mind straight away. He's done like a, he's made his career off having like a world tour of obscure Eastern European sides, hasn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah. On his list as well. Uh, the other one I've seen was uh, Dave O'Leary was one that came to mind. Remember, he had that one. He went, he obviously had his success with Legion United, went to Aston Villa, and then ended up somewhere in Dubai, wasn't it? Ended up over in Dubai. That's right. Yeah. yeah, oh, he's he's last, for, yeah. His last managerial role. That was the one for me. Uh, Steve Staunton, Ireland manager. That was the strangest of them all. No? <laughs> yeah, that was a bleeding person. And that's, you know what? That's actually when I, that was when I started going to Ireland games. And I wonder why I don't go to many Ireland games anymore. <laughs> yeah. That was the first one. My uncle used to have a season ticket. Poor fella. Imagine paying for a season ticket around that time. Uh, yeah. And, oh, you're going to have to help me out here, Roy. I was young enough at the time. That was an absolute egregious game. I think we drew to somebody. Was it true to bleeding like Fair Ryans or something? Fair Ryan's of Cyprus. Again, there's going to be people screaming at their phone, calling me a dope. Um, but I'm I remember at the time, like, just... And never hearing, like, Bill's Liga. And, like, that was the first time <laughs> I saw, like, oh, football's mad hostile, and I'm absolutely here for it. I think it actually really did help. <laughs> football fandom is that, like... Because I went to, like, one or two GAA games, and I was like, oh, it's a bit family-friendly. Everyone just eating soup and sandwiches and all. Yeah, but yeah, here I was yeah. like, oh, this is a bit... Like, even I was only, like, eight or something. I was like, oh, this is a bit of me. This is, this is much, much more prick. Uh, Let's go to the fan question and get over all that. 
Yeah, happy days. Another one that I'm not prepared for. I'll tell me phone somewhere. One second, here we go. Uh, Ronan Kavanagh, a name you haven't heard for a while. Good man, Ro. Good to hear back from you. Uh, said, how are you, lads? How's things? Uh, even said it's been a while. I know you have been a defenders of Stephen Kenny ever since he came into the role, but when do you think it's time to say enough is enough for Stephen Kenny's tenure as Ireland manager? Well, now you penned a piece, Roy, didn't you, on the, on the big kickoff? And I've always been an advocate for what he had been doing, where it had been going, where it had been progressing to. I've thought that he's, it's not just that he's, he, he got us playing football, because listen, there's loads of managers out there who can get you playing football. Yeah. It was that he changed the guard and he and he, and he did it with a desire. He, he wasn't half hearted about it. He decided, listen, and probably needed badly anyhow. It was probably going to have to be done, but he was all in uh, or nothing. And he he brought in, as I said, I think there was supposed to be about 18 new different players who come in. Loads of them have got, you know, their debut under them. Um, and a young, lot of young players there who are developing under his uh, watch. But it's just recently, It's it, it had been progressing so well and it's just recent, not just the two games there in June, but you know, even I even thought that the, the France game, everyone was overhyping it. I thought that I was at the game and it was Ireland defending very well. And uh, yeah, they had a the couple of counterattacks. I didn't think France were great on the day. And I just thought we got a, like a moral victory where we, I think that was a French team that we could have got something out of. I mean, if we're going to be cheering on 1-0 defeats, we're, we're in a little spot of bother. Even at the end of the last campaign, like we were out of that campaign ages ago, you know, and, and this is the same now in this campaign. You just can't keep going and saying, yeah, listen, he's developing this or he's, you know, we're, we're kind of looking better in, in you know... I don't know, p- passing the ball out from the back because we're not, we're actually, some of the passing out of the back is be horrific at times. Uh, I, I don't see the progression now. That's basically what I'm trying to say. I'm not seeing the progression and the progression needs to be results. It's it's two years down the line. We said that Euro 2024 would be the make or break. It It is the make or break for him. Yeah. And for me, if, if we give him another campaign, he hasn't shown to, let's, let's put it this way, if there's good, healthy results in the second half of this year where you're beating Holland a couple of times and Greece or whatever like that, you say, OK, right, there's the results. You, you get another contract. But if he doesn't do that, for me, that's him gone. Yeah, I, look, I think we're going to pretty much agree. We always have of Stephen. Um, and I don't think like, I don't think it's, it's coming from a League of Ireland point of view either. You know, like we, we want to see the League of Ireland, ex-League of Ireland man to do well as the oil manager, but it's nothing to do with that. As you said, he, he, regardless of if he does uh, get a new contract or not, I think he set out the blueprints of what we want to see from an Ireland team. And over the past co- couple of weeks, seeing oh, well, he, he inherited the Mick McCarthy side that, um, that was successful and that was really competitive in terms of qualification. But as you said, that was a Mick McCarthy side that realistically needed eight, nine, ten fresh faces. And... Unfortunately for Stephen, he was the manager in charge of the time that needed to bread them in, and he has done it um, relatively successfully, obviously not with the results, but now we have uh, sort of certain new faces in the Ireland setup that are going to be there for the long-term future, and that's because Stephen was the one to, to bed them into the team. So 
I'd hate to see us revert back to panic stations, you know, whether that be bring it back to Lewis and Mick McCarthy or Sam Allardyce is, is one name that I see get named the link with the job a lot. I'd hate to see us revert back to that. I think Kenny has set up what we want to see going forwards. Realistically, I can't see him staying on. As I said, even before the this recent uh, Euro twenty twenty four qualifying qualification campaign started, I thought it was stick at twist time if he didn't qualify, regardless of the difficult group. I think it's hard to justify him staying in the role. I'd even go as far as saying that if it wasn't for the improving tendons, I think he would have been gone by now uh, at this stage. But um, yeah, I. Don't think he's long for the job, though. I think he will say out the qualifying campaign. I don't think he will qualify, and I think that'll be that for uh, Stephen Kenny's tenure uh, as oil manager. Justifiably, he's brought them up, and the COVID thing was a disaster way to start. Yeah. You know that that, yeah. that destroyed them all together. You know, so but he came back and he he got he got his team together and they started playing some good football, and then a couple of good results uh, came along. But for me, as I said in the piece that I wrote. His team selection the other night against Greece was... Uh, I wasn't sure what was going on. I can't understand why Will Smallbone started. I thought there was a lot of hype over him in the game that he got man of the match. He uh, He's only new. It's an away fixture. That's normally where you bring your experience in. Alan Brown is there. He's never let the Irish team down. He's always come up with good goals. He uh, works hard. It's not that he's like... The, the excuse that Trapattoni used to have for Wes Hoolan that he, he you know he doesn't get stuck in Alan Brown gets stuck in he works hard I, I couldn't understand that when I thought he made a mistake and again as I said in the article in hindsight uh, it was a mistake because Will Smallbone was p- uh, very very poor defensively players skipping by him at ease uh, without uh, you know just, just, just didn't do it for me reminded me of what's that for? John Joe Shelby uh, maybe because of the head, but uh, definitely with the playing, I just didn't think that. Now, he, I, he could be a great player for us and I really hope he is. I just, I think, and it's not on him, I think it's on Stephen that he put him into that situation where I don't feel that he was ready. I look at uh, Callum O'Dowda playing the wing. I think he got it wrong. I think he should have been playing Callum O'Dowda against Gibraltar on the left-hand side and, and James McLean on the left-hand side against Greece. You have that experience, you have that defensive mindset, that work rate. Uh, and Callum O'Dowda is a, a winger, a forward player. Always has been a forward player and I don't know where, where he started to get this buzz of putting him yeah, in. Yeah, he was found a say, big time against Greece, wasn't he? Big uh, time. And, he said, and, and, he's, and like he'll say that he was a wing-back, but he wasn't. He was a left-back. That's where, we, where he was for most of the game, nearly. Uh, maybe in the second half he got a little bit further forward uh, but that's because Greece were sit- sitting back uh, and again we had two up front and we just kept knocking long balls up to them and if you want Evan Ferguson to score goals that's not how you well we were knocking them up the channel and they were chasing them and it just never happened there's a lot of decisions there that just don't sit right with me and with, with Stephen Kenny in the last couple of games I, I really I really hope he turns it around I'd love to see him win you know every game after after the summer break but for me I don't see it at the moment uh, I'll be cheering him on though I suppose quick and before you finish up Roy the big question that everyone will be asking about when you talk about Stephen leaving is um, replacements so like you look look at some of the the, the leaders just, just, just pull up my phone some of the, the leading favourites for the jobs now top five uh, you have Lee Carsley uh, Roy Keane Chris Ewan John O'Shea Sam Allardyce uh, amongst other names you get a bit sillier 
as you go down the list, uh, find the likes of Phil Neville, Jose Mourinho. Um, but realistically, yeah, the top five is there in place. Is there any of them you'd see that fill you with confidence as a long-term uh, successor going forward? I don't get this Lee Carsley buzz either. Lee Carsley, what has he done? You know, he's 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 been coaching. Yeah. That's basically what he's been doing. So yeah. where, where does he get the credentials to go and, and be a manager? Stephen Kenny's a better manager than, than Lee Carsley. So for me, that's, that's that one scrapped out of the way. Roy Keane, I just, listen, Roy Keane hasn't been managing. So why would you put him back in? And he was there already. So why would you put him back in? Sam Allardyce, again, now he's gone around collecting his, his pension. So another one I'd mark off straight away. Yeah, no way. Who else is there, Nathan? Uh, Chris Euton and John O'Shea rounded out the top five. Well, John O'Shea is... Tell me where he is. No, he's in with the Irish team. So he's already yeah. in that setup. So no, yeah. get him out. And then uh, Chris Euton's only after getting a new job in Africa. So why would he bother coming back? You know, and he's only after starting. Literally only started there a couple of months ago. So I really couldn't see that. So when we're saying that we don't think he'll take the job or keep the job, he probably won't. But we will probably struggle to 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 get a yeah. manager in that's a, a decent manager. So uh, there will be a, an extensive search to to get someone else in. But if they aren't keeping Stephen Kenny on, all right. And to tell you the truth, I hope Stephen learns from the the, the mistakes that he made in the last couple of games and shows what he's worth when it comes into the next few games. But if he doesn't, then you you you, you are going to have to look for someone. But if he does. And then he does get them results. There is that thinking that, you know, maybe, maybe you do keep him on. But I, I haven't seen that for the last while. So, and the FAI are losing out big money there and they need to get into the finals. So that's what they'd be looking at. And that's where an experienced manager probably will come in. Yeah. And then that's it as well, isn't it? With the, the FAI lack of funds, it's uh, not really in a position to be splashing out. Obviously, you know, like, like Brendan Rogers Reese was going to sell it, but he was a name that, that was always floated around. Uh, he coming out with a big fee as well. So the FAI are in a position to be dishing those sort of fees out either. So, yeah, I, I find it difficult to see where a realistic um, and suitable replacement, probably more importantly than realistic, comes from. Again, like you look at someone like Jim Crawford, the job he's done at doing at 21s, I think it'll just be, it could be another potential rinse and repeat of Stephen Kenny. He's nowhere near the experience that, that Stephen even had. No. Uh, stepping up, up to that role too um, so it's really strange that Robbie Kane's out of running now <laughs> Robbie, Robbie's over in Israel at the moment um, yeah. again uh, hasn't yeah. done anything though so you're looking no. at again Stephen, Stephen put his point across I am a manager who has won 16 trophies or whatever he has won I have got p- uh, teams into the Europa League group stage none of these other managers who we've talked about have done that so you know, the only one who has any is is Sam Allardyce, who has Premier League experience. But Sam Allardyce is coming to the end of his tether now. You know, yeah. he, he he's he's had his time. He's not even even when he went into the Leeds job, he just looked just looked like a little bit of a circus, didn't it? So you don't need yeah. that. You don't need that. You know. So uh, no, uh, it would be a struggle, no doubt, to to get someone in. And I think that that should be if they're go- if they're going to look, they need to look beforehand and if there's not no one else good enough out there then probably Kenny stays on um, if there is someone who is, has the experience um, I mean they, they got Trapatoni in that time it doesn't have to be a Trapatoni it can be a, a, someone with experience who plays quality football you know um, but yeah it's, it's going to be tough really tough 
Okay, listen, we'll leave it at that. Uh, that's yeah, probably for another day because we, we'll see when September comes around and October comes around. There'll be a lot more answers to the questions that we have. Uh, Nathan, thanks very much as always. Thanks to you for listening as well. And uh, don't forget, send in those little CVs or little, uh, hardly CV we want, Nathan. It's just an expression of interest, isn't it? Yeah, just just yeah, just drops a DM. The job, the job he does. But yeah, two uh, two particularly, particularly stressed little men over here. So yeah, we'd be both in the day, anybody. Don't be so desperate, Yeah, don't be coming across. Don't be coming across as too as too clingy. But uh, no, 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 no